Welcome everybody to the Spawn Me Podcast. I'm your host, Kali Fathoms, and I'm joined this week and every week for episode 148 with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who makes STEM looks good, who makes gaming looks good, who makes math look good, Sharif Bartholomew Jackson. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. I I, I guess I'm upgraded to the, to the Bartholomew. The Bartholomew. I always mispronounce that. Bart. 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 Let's Bart. call it Bart. Bartykins. Isn't, isn't that Bart Simpson's full name? Isn't it like Bartholomew? I, mean? I always thought that Bart was short for Barth. Barth. I can't even say it now. I Bartholomew. I can't say it either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's his full name. I think. I think that's a dope name. Anyway, it's it's one of those it's one of those cool names that uh, I feel like you have to have Bartholomew your last name and then the third after. Okay. It. I, I have one important question for you, and this is critical to spawn on me and its mission. Okay. Did you own a black Bart T-shirt as a as a youth? <laughs> I had a black I, I had a black Bart T-shirt. I had a black Bart T-shirt where he had dreads and he had a he had a, a Africa medallion. Okay. And he I was had, riding. Go ahead. Okay. I had a black Bart dunking a basketball. <laughs> I believe, if I remember right, he had some kind of chain on. Um, and uh, he he was saying one of his phrases like "Don't have a cow" or something like that. The dope thing was like, remember they had all the all like all the versions of Black Bart. It was like Jamaican Black Bart. It was like African American Black Bart. It was like all the different versions of. They I never saw like a Idris Elba version of Black Bart though. No, there wasn't like a British Black Bart. It was never that. It was yeah, always nope. like. Nope. It was always like the worst of stereotypes. Well, not the worst stereotypes, but a certain kind of stereotype of what black people are. Oh, my God. Those, so. Oh, my yeah. God. Black Bart was... represent? Wow. Black Bart. Oh, man. That's <laughs> so funny. That's a great memory, too. I don't know why that's such a great memory, but it totally is. It really is. That like brought me back to like good times when 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 I was in my youths. Oh, my youths them. I'm about to eBay um, them joints. I'm about to eBay one. I bet you they have them, too. I bet you you could totally find one. I wouldn't be surprised if you wouldn't be able Somebody's to. Somebody's dirty black bar from, from, the, from the attic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I bet you it's, it's like a, it's like the uh, the T-shirts from uh, the Super Bowl that never get that yep. never get made. There's exactly. like a whole island of kids wearing black bar T-shirts somewhere. Exactly. It's, it's, oh. it's, it's, it's like a whole bunch of people with, with uh, Nick's championship hats from uh, 1999 and 1994. <laughs> Just, just oh, rocking them. Oh my God. Well, you know, I hope hopefully they are also wearing championship shirts from Spawn for Good. Mm. Uh hopefully they are rocking some We Did It shirts. Uh because we did it. We raised uh a good amount of money for one simple wish. We raised over twelve hundred dollars. Uh we had nineteen wishes fulfilled. Um and it was a great time. It was one of those one of those weekends again where we we get to share with our community, with all of you at home. Uh, you know, doing some good for Martin Luther King weekend. And, and thank you to, to, to you, Reef, and C and everybody else who streamed with us for the weekend. Because, again, without you guys and without the crew, without everyone, uh, we couldn't have done it. So shout out to One Simple Wish for being an amazing sponsor as well. Working with them was great. Uh, great partners. Uh, folks from Plantronics, again, thank you to them uh, for helping us with some giveaways. And thank you to Bricago, uh for sending us codes for games that we were able yes. to give away. Uh, and, and and all that great stuff. It's it's so fun again to to have everyone uh, in the crew, in our fam, in our Chicago city, uh, which is now probably a sanctuary city. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, rock with us and yeah. stuff like that. We See, get I that mean, federal funding, man. I mean, I'm saying federal funding now. We we have to go rogue. We're gonna need a rogue rogue a Twitter account <laughs> at some point. Uh, Reef, how how do you feel about the event? How do you feel about the whole about the whole weekend? I liked it, man. I really look forward to it now. I mean, it's our third year, and I had so much fun in the previous two years. And we, you know, it just makes you feel good. It's a great start to the year, a great like inner energizing thing to help, um, you know, other other people that like need resources, right? Um, so so like, it felt great. Um, you know, uh, it was a nice send off for my, uh, for my Wii U cause, cause I traded it, uh, <laughs> toward my pre-order for the switch. Um, and also I, I, um, finally got to play through, um, some games that I had, I had on my hard drive that, that like I never played. So yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I had some great support in the, uh, chat. Um, yeah. so, um, 
even if you did not donate, shout out to the folks in the chat because, like, yeah, I definitely kept kept a uh, bleary eyed uh, Sharif <laughs> going for like almost three straight days. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, it, it's it's just something that like I feel like you know really distinguishes our show and our brand from others is you know is that social justice component as well as the podcasting and the gaming stuff. So um, I'm really proud of it. I stand by it like it's like one of the things that I can share with my non gaming friends and mm-hmm. like and, and like they say, oh, I get it. This is awesome, right? Yeah. E- even if they don't listen to any of the shows, um, they know when a group of good people is doing something good. You know, so yeah, and it's it, it feel it feels always like you know we get to take a little bit of an inward look towards ourselves and say, you know what, the community that we've built and grown has been so wonderful and giving to us. How can we figure out ways to give back to them and to the surrounding communities that are affected by everything that we, we talk about during all the events that we throw. So um, again, you know, thank you to everybody out there. Uh, we hope to be doing hopefully more of these. Um, I would like to see this expanded to more, more than one spawn for good event during the year, mm-hmm. uh, especially now, you know, we haven't even talked about the fact that Trump is in office on the show yet. But since Trump is in office, uh, I'm sure that we will have lots of different things and topics and conversations that we can pos- possibly throw some money, support and uh, some good wishes towards. So, uh, you know, keeping everybody in mind that we want to be able to do that. So uh, keep things in, in your hearts and in, in your brains about what you may want to uh, see the next spawn for good look like. So uh, definitely be doing that. Um, yeah. So 148 is about to get up in this piece. I know there's a lot of cool stuff that happened in the week. Um, the first story that we were going to talk about, I think, was one about the quote-unquote, I'm going to do my air quotes, leaked information about uh, Xbox Scorpio. So if you want to run into that, Reef, uh, we'll get underway. Sure. Um, so as 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 people do, uh, like these sites like Tom's Hardware and Digital Foundry and stuff, they're always digging around patents and looking at white papers and like all that kind of stuff to really get at the specs behind, um, you know, a lot of the uh, consu- the uh, consumer products that um, we see. Um, so they um, unearthed some information on the Scorpio that, you know, it, you know, obviously Microsoft hasn't verified that this is exactly what it is. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, but like, uh, Digital Foundry, you know, has a sh- sh- strong name for like breaking this stuff. Um, and I'm going to go over some of the tech stuff, even though you know it's not, you know, if you're not a tech head, don't worry, we, we will, we, we will, we will wrap up exactly what that means. Um, <laughs> so basically, they're saying that the uh, raw power of the uh, GPU, the graphical processing unit, is four and a half times the capabilities of the xbox one now that doesn't mean it'll look four and a half times better because i don't think any jump from console has been four and a half times better um right but that does mean that in terms of the uh, raw numbers it says that you know it's it's like four times the uh the l2 cache which means it can store more things kind of locally on the processor which means that it doesn't have to jump to the hard drive as much to um gather um um additional data um um, but the one thing that like a lot of people are really talking about, um, and then I also heard on uh, Gamertag Radio, um, was that it seems like that it's using a similar 4K scaling um, process that the that the PS4 Pro does. Um, so, hmm. it's, so 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 the PS4 Pro does not render in native 4K. Right. Um, it like uh, takes like some crazy resolu- some like resolution that's above 1080 and it like scales it up basically um, and they're saying that it's very likely that the Scorpio will do the same thing um, and this you know if it's true I think is a bit of a shock because Microsoft has been saying that it will be a native 4k d- d- device has been saying that you know this is going to be the most powerful thing on the planet and like all that stuff um, so there's kind of a pro pro and a con to this in like my eyes if it's not true um the uh con is that you know they you know kind of promoted something that won't really be there um it's probably something that they shouldn't have mentioned until they had more of an idea of of what it can actually do but the pro to this um and this goes against my prediction (laughs) and (laughs) and towards cicero's stubnostication 
is if they're not doing it native, that could mean that they could offer this at a more competitive price. Mm. Um, it could mean that, you know, if they're not packing in that horsepower to do native 4K, which like right now on a PC takes a beast of a PC to do even at 30 frames per second, um, you know, it could mean that they could try to get to a, a, a price point that's, you know, more around the uh, PS4's price um, and, like, could make it a more, you know, a, a more compelling um, unit to, like, a large number of uh, folks. So um, I don't have a 4K TV or a display, so it doesn't really fall into my personal wheelhouse. But mm -hmm. I know that, you know, I don't upgrade TVs that much, but I know that I'm, you know, I don't think I'm as representative because I know a lot of people that upgrade TVs, like, almost every Black Friday or, like, every two or three. Yeah. Um, so, um, Kyle, are, are you in the 4K game? Do you use your uh, PS4 Pro at 4K if you do? And is it something that you would be willing to sacrifice native 4K to get something like the Scorpio at a better price point? I don't. Well, currently, I'm not using my four, my uh, PS4 Pro in 4K anything yet because one, I don't have a P. Um, I'm sorry, a 4K TV in my living room. Um, the I have a new monitor that I've that I bought for my PC, uh, which will do 4K on my PC, but there is this weird resolution because uh, there's all these small things that you have to worry about when you're dealing with 4K, uh, especially with the with the gaming consoles that we currently have. Most of your televisions have to be HDMI uh, 2.0, which is you know uh, uh, an issue of in and of itself. Um, and my monitor isn't; it's like 1.4 currently. Mm -hmm. um, and to to a certain extent, like I want to see the full horsepower of my PS4 Pro and I haven't been able to do so. I am looking into getting into the market at some point. Don't tell my wife because she'll stab me <laughs> um, because those prices have come down in, in reasonable ways in the past couple months. But I do think that, you know, uh, is it going to be something that I'm really thinking about currently as a thing that when I'm playing the games that I'm currently playing? You know, Resident Evil looks phenomenal on, on the system and other games that I'm playing. Doom looked amazing on my PS4 mm -hmm. uh, and PS4 Pro. I don't I'm not seeing anything currently, even when I'm playing on PC games in 4K that is blowing me away in a way that I'm like, I need 4K. You know, 2K to me is the medium ground for that kind of stuff. And that is that's pretty uh, yeah. uh, uh, gorgeous in, in its own right. So. You know, Scorpio and everyone kind of dropping all these 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 uh, these these bombs about, you know, it's going to be four times better and it's going to have, you know, everyone everyone's favorite catchword right now is teraflops. And it's like <laughs> right. ter teraflops is the new is the new buzzword that everyone wants to throw around to right. show that their e penis is, is bigger than the other person, which is, is unreasonable because most people don't give a shit about teraflops. Um but we will see, uh, you know, when this does get actually announced and then we do see the specs that are going towards it. Um, I do think that there will be a significant change in, you know, horsepower for that machine. But again, if the games don't visually or, or, or kind of represent a new leap, will you really get the benefit of seeing it? Like, I don't think so. Like, I don't I don't know what game that is currently in development will be the one that will give you that bump that you had between the PS2 and the PS3 or the PS3 and the PS4. You know, we've kind of still hit this, this not the uncanny valley, but we've hit a, a, a level of fidelity that is not going to be surpassed in lots of ways yet. So, you know, mm -hmm. 4K is nice. It's nice to have on the box. Uh, and until we see something that actually utilizes that, then it doesn't really make that big of a difference to me. Are you, yeah. are you, are you still like kind of, are you digging into the 4K stuff of like, are you poking at it and it's being like, well, damn, I, you know, I want to see a specific title in 4K or something like that. I mean, I've seen, I mean, there's definitely some titles that I've seen in 4K where I think it benefits tremendously. Yeah. Like The Witcher 3 in 4K looks like a completely different game. Really? Um, Forza, I haven't tried that yet. Uh, Forza Horizon 3 in 4K looks amazing. So I think huh. that I, I I think there's a few showcase sorry showcase showcase pieces mm -hmm. um, that remind me it reminds me of when Gears of War one first came out sure and it was like you were like how is this even possible right, right. Um, I mean I'm not even talking about like the mechanics and stuff because I, that was also super inventive right yeah um, but like I just mean just the visual part of it 
Um, I think 4K is definitely important. It will be more important later. Um, mm -hmm. But I do think that it does make a huge difference if you have the TV, if you have the latest HDMI cable, if you have HDR. So like, you need all these other things, but right. I think that it makes it phenomenal. I just don't think a lot of people will have all those things. Um, but when Microsoft and Sony launch consoles, they always talk about like future-proofing it, right? Now that might change a little bit because, you know, Sony is kind of setting a standard that they might be upgrading their consoles every two years. Right. And Scorpio is saying, hey, it's the last one that you ever have to buy because we're going to be <laughs> updating it, you know, kind of like a separate way. So, so um, I mean, I like 4K, but yes, I would definitely sacrifice native 4K for a lower price because it's like the same way as, you know, when like uh, Blu-ray drives first uh, came out. Like you could watch an upscaled DVD to uh, to uh, 1080p, and right. it looked great to me at least. Yeah. Even, though, even though it wasn't native 1080, it wasn't a Blu-ray, but it's but it still looked significantly better. I think that's the thing too is is like you have to have a significantly large television. Yes, which is what most people get when they kind of go for the 4K. If they're going that, if they're going to go for that kind of money and that kind of resolution, they're more than likely get going for that size. But also, I think that there is a there is a level of I don't know if what I spent is something that I'm actually seeing. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Because we know that the games, you know, uh, uh, what was it when they did the PS4 uh, kind of improvements to some of the games? You know, a lot of people that I spoke to were like, yeah, I kind of see it. And it wasn't something that was like blatant or wasn't something that you were like, oh my God, this does, this looks like something that I've never thought I'd be able to see in my lifetime stuff, which I think is some years down the line, you know, yeah. like we're, that's still not going to be here yet. But do you really quickly, do you think that uh, Sony will try to counter in some way once Scorpio kind of drops? Do you think that they're going to, uh, I'm sure they already have stuff in the works as far as like what they're thinking about for the next PS, PS5 or whatever it is, but you know, do you think they're going to counter as soon as Scorpio does something? I don't think so. Um, I think they launched P the PS4 Pro knowing the Scorpio will be more powerful. Yeah. Um, I think they're going to go on price and the fact that they, I, th I think the last I saw, Sony has like a two to one, or, or sorry, the PS4 regular has like a two to one lead over the Xbox One. <laughs> yeah. So I think they're good. I think that they're, they're like, hey, y'all can come out with whatever y'all want like our library and our other uh, things like like VR and like that kind of stuff are doing well for them. Funny the funniest thing about all that was when when we talked about, you know, the stories that we were going to do for this show mm -hmm. and you sh and you put the Xbox Scorpio stuff was on there. I was like, man, the the best Xbox news I heard all day was that Shadows of the Dam was coming back on backwards <laughs> compatibility. <laughs> I was like, I want that game real bad. Yeah. Uh, cuz I love that game. That game is great. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I, I mean, the you know, it's. I'll be really interested to see how the Scorpio does because I honestly think it might be kind of similar to the Switch, where I think it'll pre-order, it'll sell out, people will will like run to get it, and then I think I think it'll lag along for a bit. Um, yeah. I think they need that, IPs. Yeah, I th I think that that the One S is really going to be their primary thing, and that's you know what people are going to mostly buy during the holidays because it's going to be. 300 if not cheaper at that time um and that you can play everything on it and everything looks great mm -hmm. <laughs> on an xbox one you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying so so like i think that it's going to be like an enthusiast thing um even more so th than the ps4 pro i think yeah um yeah. you know i think that the scorpio is going to be even more of an enthusiast thing and that these companies are still going to primarily um focus on their base consoles and i think mm. in turn the developers are are primarily going to focus on those and not and not necessarily make games that take advantage of the ps4 pro and the scorpio power because like they're they're gonna be like hey if 80 percent of the install base just has the regular one like why waste the development resources to really make something that blows people out the water if they can't see it. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that interesting too, how we heard a lot of conversations about PS4 enhanced games and that has kind of died down a lot yeah. already. Like that seems to, have gone, it seems to have kind of just already auto, or automatically just gone away. Like I didn't hear anything about that with uh, uh, Resident Evil 7. 
Really? Like that would, that's a game that would definitely I'm surprised be, that's not enhanced for the pro. I mean, I don't I I if the, I mean, well one, I can't see it anyway cuz I don't have the television to see it. Mm-hmm. But two, usually they tout that. Like that's a thing that they say that's like a back of the box thing. Right. Or I mean, it has to be front of the box now cuz they're like it can do this special thing on PS4 Pro. Um, so that's interesting too that 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 idea has gone away really fast. Like no one is talking about that. Yeah, is, that is, is kind of troubling for Sony, I think. I agree I, because I think they're banking on, you know, on like people pe- people that care about having the best version of something mm-hmm. going for the PS4 Pro. You know, getting getting a pro because yeah, Resident Evil is a beautiful looking game, and I've, I'm game really so shocked good. that that it doesn't, you know do that or at at the very least at least be the exact same thing but a higher like frame rate at the something something i I haven't heard anything of late that talked about that stuff everything's everyone's talking about the the vr stuff but no one's talking about if there's any enhanced stuff for it but interesting Interesting. word i mean we have to do some some investigative reporting on that yeah i'm 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 hoping that mass effect andromeda which comes out um I think they'd said Very it will. soon is enhanced. I think they mentioned that earlier because yeah, that's another game that looks incredible, and I'm hoping that that's enhanced. As that's well. gonna be crazy. Um, so I know you talked about uh, you you had a great appearance on DLC with Jeff, Jeff Kanata and Christian Spicer. Shout out to them as usual. Um, and you were talking about the Switch, uh, which we uh, talked about in our previous episode. Uh, and in between now and, and well, then and now, uh, you got some more information on the Switch? Yep. Yeah. So I have a Switch. No, I don't. Sorry. Um, <laughs> that would have been a dope. But, um, Sorry. As I said before, you know, um, GameSpot was running this crazy deal where basically if you traded in a Wii, your Wii U and your 3DS, they would give you enough credit to pre-order a Switch and Zelda, like for free. Hmm. So I did that. <laughs> so <laughs> even, so now... I was going to pre-order it like regardless. Um, right. But this, this gave me even more incentive. Even if I didn't like the launch lineup, I probably, you know, even, even if Zelda wasn't out, if I could get one paid for, like right. nothing else is coming out for the Wii U. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> you might and, as well. Yeah. And, and like, I don't play my like 3DS as much anymore. So it's fine. Um, but I think the big thing that came out um, over the past two weeks on the switch is, there's a decent amount of games coming out for this thing. Yep. Um, and <laughs> um, Nintendo <laughs> is not doing a good job themselves of saying uh, that. In classic um, Nintendo style. Yeah, because obviously d- during during the press conference, you know, we, we were like, all right, it's going to be two or three launch games and maybe four or five games during the year. Um, and that was a major criticism of all of us, um, of, of them. Um, what people have been doing on Reddit is they've been taking the original slide that Nintendo made with all of the games on it. And they've been, every time a developer <laughs> announces their game, they've been adding to it. So they've been doing, so they've been doing <laughs> Nintendo's work for them. Oh, God. So, so, so um, I have the latest copy of, of the uh, photo and um, basically there's going to be 10 launch games now up from three, um, which is uh, <laughs> what we knew. Um, before so it's going to be zelda one two switch uh binding of isaac skylanders imaginator super bomberman r just dance i am setsuna road of goo little inferno and human resource machine um Mm. so you know i think that that's decent i mean definitely some ports right um but um i love world of goo and i haven't played it in like 10 years um (laughs) so like if if that's cheap on the eShop, i don't mind that um, Bomberman looked pretty cool. I've always been a big Bomberman fan. I think it's a great kind of like local multiplayer fit, for wh- which is what like, like Nintendo products are about. Um, and, you know, I love playing Just Dance with my girlfriend. So, like, you know, I can see, like, I definitely got got Zelda. And I, I can see myself in March also getting Bomberman and uh, Just Dance, possibly World of Goo. Um, Once you switch, seems interesting, but not at 50 bucks. Oh, well, that thing was going to be 50 bucks? 50 bucks. Ooh. And, like, they're saying, well, it's not 60. And I'm like, yeah, but it's 50. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That like, should be a $30 like, game. That joint needs to be, like, $20. Oh, damn. I, I, I mean, because like, you want to sell people on the concept of the console. So, like, you got to have them get the – like, everyone should own this game that has a, a Switch. 
Yeah. Right? Just, just, just the same way everybody with the Wii U had had Nintendo Land. Everybody with the Wii had like Wii Sports. I kind of taught you about the stuff, um, you know. And yeah. uh, I am Setsuna. I haven't played it, but I've heard good things about it because I think it came out for the PS4 and Vita already. Yeah, people um, like that game a lot. And even though I own, even though I own the Binding of Isaac on Steam, this one is is supposed to come with all the DLC on it, which I don't have. Um, okay. So to get that game on the go, which I which you know I just love those iconic games on the go. I would consider that as well. I love so, playing that on Vita too, so that was great. Yeah, yeah. So that's four or five games around the launch that I'm interested in, which is you know like before it was like just Zelda, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then in 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 like the rest of March, they have snipper clips, which a lot of people say might be kind of like the the uh, sleeper indie hit. Snipper um, clips snipper coming clips. to you. Um, it, it 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 is not a game about uh, Ice Cube and Nicki Minaj in a barbershop. Um, it, it it is not barbershop four. Um, though I don't even know what to do with that. That would be awesome though. Um, but um, yeah, they yeah, should so put the Nicki Minaj game on Switch. She uh, has a game. Does she have a game? Yeah, she has a game. Is it like hey, a hey, is it like a Kim Kardashian is, kind of game? Yep. Like yep. She made she made a shit ton of money off it too. Oh, I want to be a Barbie. Um, <laughs> yep. So um, they're uh, also doing a uh, new version of a uh, fast racing Neo, which was like sort of like a F Zero clone, but it was a really good F Zero clone. And I think that Nintendo kind of realized like, hey, we're not gonna make F Zero, so here take this F Zero <laughs> clone. And nice. like the clone is really, I think, a better version of. F Zero really, um, and this indie game called Has Been Heroes, which is like a, a roguelike game, which you know you, you haven't seen a Interesting. lot on, on like Nintendo um, platforms. It's like a side-scrolling, lane-based roguelike game where like you're like switching abilities and you're taking out enemies and uh, and and uh, that kind of stuff. So all all in all, there's about in 2017, there's about. Um, about eighty, about eighty games on here. Wow. Um, okay. And now, if you like the games, it's a different story. Right? <laughs> but I don't think are that, they good? I don't think that you can really sit. Well, not you, Ka, but I don't. I don't think that the narrative that they don't have any games can really like suffice. It's like really, if the library is something to your liking. Um, so, like, I see a lot of games that I'm excited about. I, obviously, Zelda, Mario Kart Eight. Splatoon and Mario are the big ones, mm-hmm. um, but they also announced that um, indie game Rhyme, um, which like actually looks cool and and, and it stars a um, character of uh, of uh, color in it. Super nice. excited of, of, about that. There's like a new version of like Shovel Knight, which like seems seems cool. I love Shovel Knight. Um, there's this Poyo Poyo Tetris game, which I wasn't sure. Oh, yeah, I didn't even know what it was about until I saw a video. Yeah. But but there's this cool mode where it like randomly switches between Tetris and Puyo Puyo, which actually <laughs> Whoa, looks that's cool. kind of dope. That's it looks dope. like a good like a party game. Yeah. Um, and then there's Arms, which like looks decent. You know, um, NBA 2K, um, which you know um, I've asked several people at 2K, and they've all said, "Yo, we we can't talk about it." I'm like, it launches in September. They can't talk like, about it. So that kind of makes me scared that they're going to do some last minute, like, oh man, yeah, we we got two weeks I think, left. Let's, I think they have. I think they have enough a Switch version. You know what I mean? I think they have enough resources. I think that they they've been really close to the vest in the past couple of years. Yeah, but. I I I I just that's that's always my number one kind of worry about major games that are ported to Nintendo kind of platforms is that like I almost don't want them because yeah. in the past like they've just released not good versions of them and like i'm not just talking about just ju- just like visually because we all know that the nintendo console is always going to be underpowered and not have the same kind of visuals but just like everything the menus the speed of it all that stuff so actually you know what gave me some hope though about the 2k stuff on switch is the vr stuff they did on ps4 to be honest like i feel yeah. like they could have cheaped out on that experience and not made it kind of fully fleshed out for that for the platform that they were on because it's a new platform yeah. That gave that gave me actually a little bit more uh, or hope uh, that they will do well on the Switch. Yeah, so so I'm I'm pretty happy with the lineup for 2017. Um, you know, I I think it's a good mix of games. Um, I I think it's 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 a good mix of like them 
continuing with these with like some of these IPs that started on the Wii U, mm-hmm. um, and with you know and their third party support um, is pretty impressive. I mean, it's not going to be like the major major games, but the fact that like third parties are like making um, you know you know maybe like their like second line or their indie games, I think is is like pretty promising for the console and and i do think that if you get it sometime in the year i still don't think you should pre-order it unless you're a big zelda fan Mm. like i am Mm. um but if you pick it up say you know in the summer for splatoon or in the winter for uh, mario i think you'll have a ton of games to choose from and i think you know it's i think it's looking pretty good for them Um, i'm kind of hoping during gdc that i'm able to do a little bit of friendying and, mm-hmm. and poking at people and be like, hey, you know, are you do you know anyone who's working on stuff for Switch? And do you, if you do, you know, we'd like to talk to them because I think I think the the uh, inside stuff about like what they are looking at when they are trying to figure out how to develop for this console will be really interesting actually to talk about because there's a lot of just like moving parts happening and that's less the the parts of like working with Nintendo and how they actually work with their developers, but more about the hardware of like what what do they feel like they are able to do in this early stage and what they feel like they'll be able to do later on. So that'll be a great part of the conversation that you hopefully will see during GDC and in, in, in the next uh, couple of months. So that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, also um, one more thing thing on that is that um, so uh, Reggie made some statements about third parties supports and I feel like it showed that at least he tends to have a good understanding I feel like about why the Wii U had such a hard time. I'm not yeah. sure if Nintendo, meaning like Nintendo of Japan, who calls all the shots, does. Mm-hmm. Um, but he basically said, and I'm like, uh, I'm like quoting here, he's, 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 he's said, what third parties want are a large growing install base, a development environment that's easy for them to uh, work in, and the ability to monetize. And we were not able to deliver that on the Wii U, which I think is incredible. They had no that's- install base. Yep. They did not make it easy to like develop on. They like pull up a like lot of borders, and they had a uh, you know it, it wasn't a x86, so it was completely different. Um, and they couldn't monetize it because in terms of like DLC and like that kind of stuff, their stuff wasn't as developed. So, so I was pretty happy with that. And then he said we are going to be able to deliver that on the Switch, and we have like uh, Unity Unreal Engine. So I'm like, he gets it, and he's yeah. like publicly saying it. That's you know? good. That that's good. I mean, so, that's the thing. That's the reason why people really like Reggie. Yeah. It's like Reggie feels like he can be a little bit introspective and say, you know what? Okay, we didn't really get this thing right, and we're trying to, you know, fix that in the, in the next iteration. So that's good. I'm happy about that. Yeah, yeah. I was pretty happy to see that, but now I'm I'm like, yeah. But my sense is that Reggie's doesn't really call the shots for stuff. No, nah, he doesn't. So he's saying <laughs> stuff, and then you know like the overlords at nintendo are gonna be like yeah okay reggie uh great uh yeah go 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 over in the corner and be tall again (laughs) yeah just just go over there and go be tall (laughs) go be tall go be tall and menacing you go over there and be tall yeah oh oh well i mean we'll see i'm happy to hear that you and other folks who i who who i know once this information came out are really excited you know that's 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 the good thing about you know new consoles is like people will get their buzz and their and their hype up so I like that part of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm much much more positive on the games lineup than I was earlier. Um, yeah, so you can buy me one too. So I'm pretty good. Hey, you know, I mean, like if you trade in your uh, Wii U and your 3DS, you know, you can get one. I don't got uh, no Wii U 3DS. Yes, yes, you do. I know you got one hidden somewhere. <laughs> you, I can't. I can't lie to us the whole time. I'm it's a, like I'm a, a smoking habit, man. I'm a Nintendo fan by heart. I got a Nintendo tattoo. I see you going in the. Corner. I gave away my Wii. I gave. I gave my wife. My wife's nephew, my Wii, like two weeks after I got it. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't want this anymore. This is dumb. Take it. Yeah. Hey, he was happy. A, a anyway. lot of people did that with, with their Wiis, man. So uh, you, were, you were not alone. <laughs> you were not alone. Nice. You were not alone. Mm-hmm. Okay. No. Uh, all right. Um, so um, so the next story that, that we have here, um, and I guess I should have put this with the Scorpio one, but it's fine, um, is... So like most people have sort of a favorite a favorite game or like a number of favorite games that like that like they consider like hey these are my favorites right right um, but if those games are newer then that person also had to have 
previous favorites, right? So like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe five years ago, like your favorite game, you know, was uh, Grand Theft Auto, right? And then like right. m- maybe in the last five years, another game came out that supplanted that and that became like your favorite game. So um, I wanted to have the little discussions. Do you have any games like that, that like kind of mm. like used to be your favorites and then got um, eclipsed or do you think that, you know, that you haven't had any that eclipse sort of like your, uh, your uh, personal favorites, my penultimate game. Uh, yep. well, my, my game, the game now that I really love is the Nicki Minaj game. That's my favorite. Game. Ooh. I love you, Nicki. Marry me. Um, uh, no, I mean, uh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, so many things that could be said about that comment. Um, mm-hmm. there's it. Uh, it's interesting. Um, I had a lot of games that I liked back in the day, and I think it kind of spans eras, right? Where, mm-hmm. you know, in the eight bit uh, era, there were so many great Nintendo games that I that I loved. Um, you know, Russian Attack from the arcade, and then got ported to. You know, Nintendo, uh, there was uh, Bad Dudes. We talked about that on the show. Ninja mm-hmm. Gaiden, uh, Legend of Kage. Uh, all those kinds of all those kinds of games were some of my favorites. Um, in that era, then the 16-bit era, you move in, it was like Crazy Taxi. and uh, Oh, not Crazy Taxi, because uh, that was a little bit further. Uh, Sonic, of course, yeah. um, and Genesis and Altered Beast and all that stuff. And Eternal Champions, which nobody remembers for some strange reason. Because it's terrible. Because Eternal Champions had uh, uh, Wesley Snipes in it. <laughs> so whatever. I don't care what you say. That was Wesley Snipes in Blade before Blade. Oh, my God. That was uh, and, then, and then you kind of move forward, right? Um, and it, it's funny because, like, my, my, favorite jo- my favorite series has always been Metal Gear. That has kind of waned in the, the new generation, uh, even though 5 was really good, which I still haven't finished, which sucks because I'm, I'm terrible. Um, but... That has really got supplanted by the indie space to me. Uh, The indie space has taken a lot of the favorites categories and bridged them uh, as opposed to kind of, you know, this particular game was a thing. So it's like more of a genre now that has taken my 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 love of gaming into into account than it has an actual particular game. So like Journey and, you know, Inside now is one of those games. Yeah, uh, that has definitely like. The put a put a thing in my mind. Um, small stuff that people like a lot of little off games like 4 a.m., which I'm still I still need to go buy a PS3 for. Like I need to go buy another PS3, find the old PS3 camera, get my Wii uh, my Wii remotes, my my PlayStation moves, mm-hmm. and and vibe out and play music. You know, to no one because those servers are dead now. But <laughs> but like stuff like experiences like that were the ones that. I would come home from work and I would just run home to go play that stuff because those were the things that made me feel good, like made me feel uh, like gaming was trying to do something different. So, yeah, it's moved a lot. Like, it's a great question. That's a really good question. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, my in terms of like my top, top games, those hasn't moved that much. Mm-hmm. Um, those are kind of older games. Mm-hmm. Um And I think I do that because I go back and I play these games almost every year and I still enjoy them. Yeah. So that's why I tend to put those up high, up higher. Like they aren't older games that I played once and haven't touched yet. And like, oh yeah, this is my favorite. Like these are ones I've literally played thousands of times. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? I, I, I mean, like I was playing Street Fighter 2 during uh, Born for Good. Yeah. Like that's easily on my top games of all time list because it's just, it's just so solid. You know what yep. I'm saying? Like, and not only did it launch a genre, so like it's like not only like important and influential, Right. But the actual game design is just amazing, um, you know. Um, and but I will say, though, the one company that has like kept making me rearrange my top games list every time they make a game is Naughty Dog. Yeah. Like like both Last of Us and Uncharted 4 are both on my like, you know, probably top 10, top 15 games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and those are games, you know, obviously, you know, they just came out a few years ago, you know, mm-hmm. um, that's, that's probably the one company that keeps disrupting my uh, favorites. Every time it like comes out, I'm like, man, you know, it's what I'm always saying? that like, it's always that like this, it can't get no better than this. Yeah. And yeah. then they do it and they do it again. Yeah. 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 So, so, so like, that's the one company that I, I, I continually 
that continually knocks out another one of my previous favorites um and and it always goes um up there because 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 yeah i think um another game that that i did that was um um i remember vice city so like grand theft auto vice city so when grand theft auto 3 came out i was like okay this is this is this is the apex of what this does like like they might have a sequel and they might have three or four but it won't be as good as this one sure and then vice city came out and just blew me out of the water you know um, and then Grand Theft Auto so Five came out because I thought San Andreas and Four I didn't think were as good as uh, Vice City, um, right. but then Five came out and then that blew me out of the water. Yep. So like Rockstar when they're on their on their P's and Q's, I think they also kind of do that. Like for me, is they they continually outdo themselves and and their games just hit me in all the right ways. I feel like I feel like Rockstar and Naughty Dog have figured out the special sauce to 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 they don't they don't force feed you anything that you don't want and they definitely space their games out long enough that when you do know that something's coming you are super excited for it which i think is a part of their formula which really makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. yeah but, i mean look look at how crazy people are going for red dead 2 i know like like uh it, it, you know like now i don't hold red dead as high as a lot of people do I, I mean i think it's good but like i don't think it's like great um, but people were losing their mind. All Rockstar did was post a picture. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean? it was a. It's it's pretty. You know what? Because that, that's what it is. It's like that game in that setting is going to be like Witcher, right? Where it shows off, you know, all the environments and all yeah. the like little small small things that make um, environments and, and setting really matter. So. Yes. So so that will be interesting. Is when a game like that comes out and the Scorpio is out. Is the Scorpio version going to blow out the PS4 Pro version? Because that's a game where I feel like the visual like fidelity will really matter um, in, in terms of the immersiveness um, and in terms of, you know, obviously the game and press are going to latch on to um, that and like the narrative of it. You know, if like a game like that can definitively prove that the that the Scorpio, you know, is a higher caliber then you know, that might drive some. Try some purchases. Uh, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be real interesting when that game drops. You know what? What's going to show it off? And and again, like the the Scorpio, the thing that I'm most excited for is to see what those initial launch games are going to be because I think they have to come out the gate strong with that stuff. If they don't, then it's going to be real hard. I mean, I I really think it'll be similar to uh, the Pro. It's going to be like, hey, here's like Call of Duty with some more lighting. Um, oh, here's a here's a Mass Effect with some additional uh, blades of grass on the ground, you know. Here's you know I, I I mean I I hope they launch with like a a Halo or a Gears or a Forza. If they don't drop that thing with Crackdown, they gotta I, drop it with Crackdown. I think they might try to get Crackdown out sooner, man. I don't know. Oh man, oh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, because like Gears Four just came out, so they won't have a new Gears. They might have an updated one. Um, <laughs> Gears Pro. I yeah. <laughs> I I feel like it's too early to have like a new Halo, um, yeah. And Forza is too early for a new Forza too. So like they would only have to have updated versions of what just came out, which mm. you know I doubt that they're gonna have like you know brand new stuff. But we'll see. Who, who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Um, so, so speaking of Microsoft, um, they also announced a Windows 10 game mode. Yep. Um, so this is. Currently, if you're in the Windows Insider programs, meaning you get like beta installs of like Windows for God knows what reasons, because that probably will destroy everything on your computer. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so like the latest feature has like Windows 10 game mode, which if you turn it on, it will basically make your games run better by like prioritizing things with the CPU cycles and the GPU cycles over like the background kind of processes that Windows runs because and it turns off windows update <laughs> yeah because because um you know if if you're really into pc gaming like 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 you like sometimes wish like man can i just like turn off windows while i'm gaming like can i just like i don't need to have to switch back while i'm gaming i don't need to alt tab and have it there i want right. it off yeah you know so like this won't quite turn it off but it will like significantly well they're they're saying that will significantly decrease the amount of resources that's being used by the background stuff 
that's cool. Yeah. What, I, what I thought was the really cool part is that they said that this will most likely have a larger impact on uh, games under their UWP system, meaning games that are uh, bought at the Windows Store and that are Windows 10 apps. Right. Okay. So like uh, that includes all the Xbox Anywhere games that you can only get on the Windows Store. But if you ever go to the Windows Store, they have a whole bunch of games on there that are also on Steam as well. So what what they're kind of hinting at and what some people are speculating is that they could be saying, hey, you know, we can make games that are built in our platform actually run better on your computer. So it could possibly be a reason for people to get games from the Windows Store instead of Steam. Now, this is, you know, a speculation, mm. um, but Microsoft has been kind of looking for some way to justify this store aside from the from the Xbox anywhere stuff which is obviously a, a, a huge kind of selling point but is kind of limited in its scope mm-hmm. um, but like this is this could be huge like I would buy something from the Windows Store if 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 like there was like a significant improvement over the Steam version well, here, well here's my question to you because I think that that was the thing that when I was trying to when I got my PC I was like well do I even need my Xbox anymore because all these things are supposed to be coming out in the, the Xbox Store and blah 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 and it'll run faster and prettier do you feel like this feature will possibly help to kind of cannibalize their own stuff with the Xbox coming out? Because the folks who are, no matter what teraflops, megaflops, super extra flops <laughs> are going to come out with the Xbox Scorpio, your PC will more than likely still be more powerful than it. Do you feel like this is still going to, you know, uh, give those people who are in that PC space? Uh, or I shouldn't say the the people in the PC PC space worry about the Xbox folks, but you know the people who are looking to uh, get rid of their Xbox now have even even more of a reason to to get rid of it or not jump to the next uh, iteration of of the Xbox. Um, I mean, I, I I do think that it, it will affect a limited amount of people, but I think that that is not as large of a sample that it would affect Microsoft's decision. Um, I think that people game on consoles for reasons that don't have to do with power or that kind of stuff. It's like mostly about wanting that lean back experience in the living room. And usually that's where the majority of friends are. And it's just easier to navigate controllers. You don't have to worry about other things that you have to do with PC gaming. So I think that those reasons will always dominate over, you know, a PC being more powerful and that kind of stuff. Um, so I think that, you know, if you want a PC game, you're going to PC game. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. and like that comes with all this crap that you have to deal with, uh, uh-huh. you, you know, with video cards and, you know, drivers and all that kind of stuff. And um, you have the, a lack of fat Joe cause you don't have the lean back version of the PC. This is true. <laughs> this is, this, this is very true. This is very true. In your uh, pants, in your rock pants. away. That's what I call a chain reaction. Um, <laughs> Why do you know that lyric? Yeah, I know the whole song. It's a good song, man. <laughs> I know you too. It's a good song. I can see you now. You leave. <laughs> I, I, I like that song way better than that. Uh, like that all the way up song. Uh, all the Roddick, yeah. Last year. Agreed. I'm not a fan of that song, but everybody anyway. loved it. People love that song. Oh no. Lean, lean back was a joint, man. Um, uh-huh. um yeah. Yeah, so um so 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 I so so yeah, I, I I don't think it'll cannibalize. Um I think that, you know, again, if this is true, it'd be a smart move by Microsoft. Um and and I think that I don't think people buy products from Steam because they have any like allegiance to Valve because they think that they do it better. It's just cuz there's literally nothing else unless you want to go for the more open indie kind of like uh, Desora you know, and uh, those kind of platforms, but like those don't really have like the big games, mm. you know. Um, so yeah, I, I think th- this is cool, and I think that is good to see that the like, Microsoft is consistently looking to improve how their PCs handle games. Yeah, you know, That's it's good. a I'm long way that. from uh, games for Windows. Oh my God, uh, games for Windows was so bad back, back in the Vista days, in the Ooh. Windows Vista days when it was like. Here's Halo 2, but you can only run it on Vista. Oh, my God. In 640 by 480. 640 by 480. Yeah. yeah. That, was, that was ridiculous. It was raggedy. Anyway. 
uh, our last story of the show. Uh, you had you had a really you picked this up. Uh, where was this from? Gama Sutra. Yes. Yeah, this is a great. This is a great article. I'm glad you picked this. Yep. Uh, so it's an article from uh, Gama Sutra. The official title is "Learning the Video Game Canon: How to Deal with Over 40 Years of Backlog." Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, so there's new people coming into gaming all the time. Um, obviously, we want our industry, our culture to grow. Like we want people to respect as an art form. We want both new younger people to come into it and older folks that might have shied away we always want people to come in um so what like this is saying is yo how do you bring somebody into gaming when they don't know all the background stuff um and i think games probably more so than other medium kind of assumes a lot of things they assume that you know how to navigate in a 3d space with an analog stick right you know a lot of people when you first put a controller in their hand, they just are like looking down at their feet because they don't know how to convert it. Right. We like assume that like people know that, you know, if there's a crack in the wall, you should try to hit it. Like, or if if there's a musical cue that, you know, that like, it means that like there's a secret. Right. Um, They assume that like, you know, that, you know, if, if you're in a platform where you can jump on, on, on an enemy's head, if you've never played a Mario game, you don't know that. <laughs> right, right. You know, so like there's a lot of assumptions um, and this and and it's like also something that I like I like where I've run into with like TV series um, with like uh, movies where like where they might add like a whole background of like three or four things. It's hard to jump into things mm. um, when, you, when you have to um, deal with all those assumptions and I know, um, Ka, I know that you mentioned that um, in the Final Fantasy world, when like I, when like uh, you jumped into fifteen, um, that like you had a uh, similar thing. So, are you saying that you haven't played all fourteen? I have Fantasies? not played all fourteen Final Fantasies. I would be Final Fantasy screwed because uh, <laughs> I would not just have enough time to do it. Um, I played seven. I played a little bit of seven because I wanted to see what the the big whoop was. Mm-hmm. about seven and quickly fell off of the seven train because i just couldn't i couldn't i couldn't do the old antiquated graphics i didn't play it in its heyday so it, it like didn't give me the thing but go jumping into 15 i had a lot of expectations but i also kind of was able to go into it fresh-faced and that was nice um i haven't i've played about eight hours of it and mm-hmm. haven't gone back to it uh because it's not really holding my attention Okay. Um, but I think that um, it is a hard decision. Uh, it is a it is a harder thing to kind of wrap your brain around if you don't know the canon. So like, um, you know, this game doesn't really deal with materia in the same way that Seven did, or or the same kind of things like that. But when I was trying to ask people, like, all right, I'm going to play Seven now, they were like, oh. You got to know what the material is, and if you don't know what the material <laughs> is, that. then you got, then you don't, then you can't play this game. And you got to know how how all the material works and all the stuff. And I was like, I have no clue what any of the stuff you just said meant because I've <laughs> never played it, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Nor when I got into it did I know what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And and I felt like it was at a disadvantage for me. Like it, it definitely was a barrier um, to my enjoyment and also to me. Uh, feeling like I could connect with other people in the community because I was like, I just don't know what you're saying, and you're really, really hype about this motherfucking material. So, <laughs> so I, I was like, I don't know what to do about that. So, um, it it was it was I don't know it was one of those weird things where I feel like it definitely was, uh, it definitely was cool to be able to um, feel like I was a part of a group, but then also. Uh, the game definitely did push me away, and and that felt that felt kind of weird, um, and I don't know how how to really you know mm-hmm. articulate that in any other words besides that. But it it, it is nice to be able to kind of get into a, a space and then be able to bring someone in, and then explain those things, uh, and then give them a, a way to uh, talk about those things as well in in a way that that, that they feel comfortable because then that definitely does build um, a lot of. Uh, Kinship in that respect, in in, in respect, in, in, in making the game fun for them too. So, yeah. Are th- yeah. Are, are there other games that you can remember that you kind of jumped into in the middle of a series that you felt like you were still able to 
enjoy it and um, you know and get something out of it, even though you didn't sort of have the background. Um, I I know an example for me is The Witcher Three because I never played The Witcher One and Two. Yeah, um, but I yeah, jumped right, right in and I felt like I was able to understand stuff and you know it wasn't constantly making like kind of references that I didn't understand. It was like definitely nuggets in there for like people that that played it and like yeah. it, and like if you talk to a hardcore fan, they're always going to say you have to start from the beginning. Um, yeah. But for the most part, I think if a game is done well, you don't have to. I, I mean, the the I, I felt like that with the Fallout series. Like the I never played Fallout one or two on PC. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and jumped in at three. Um, I never played Morrowind or any of those games. We played uh, Skyrim and uh, Oblivion, mm-hmm. um, so those felt really easy to jump into. Um, I'm hoping that people like there are some games like I've never played a Kingdom's Heart game, a Kingdom Hearts game. I haven't. Um, so I'm like, I would like to know what it's like to jump into that world and see what it's like. But I, I think that. Um, like we like we we talked about a little bit about this uh, before the show, but like Andromeda, Mass Effect Andromeda, I feel like hopefully will be a game that people will be able to jump into, and then go back and fill in whatever yeah. pieces there were because I think that that world does that well. I think I think it does that. It lends to you know this big sci-fi mission, this big sci-fi uh, epic story that lends to that being done really well. So yeah, I, I hope so. Do you feel like there are some of those games that, um, uh, is there, is there a game that you kind of wish that you could share with someone, uh, that, you know, is a little bit longer in, uh, the tooth and also like in the line, in the lineage of that game that you'd want to share with somebody and like, Hey, if you're going to jump in, jump in here, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think uncharted is kind of like that. Um, I think, huh. When I played through Uncharted 4, I got so much benefit, I feel like, from having the relationships with Eliza and Scully. Um, I, 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 I just feel like it, 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 it would be hard for me to go in without having those intact. Yeah. Um, and still, I, st- I still would have enjoyed the game. Sorry, Elena, I meant. Um, right. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I still would have enjoyed the game from the set pieces and the action and the adventuring and stuff. But I feel like where where that game and most Naughty Dog games shine is is the relationships, is the yes, like the looks, like like the tells, like the conversations, like the emotion in the faces. And I don't know if I would have really got that if I didn't realize what they've been through in in the uh, in, in the past games. Agreed. Um, I think more so with a game that focuses heavily on dialogue um like like the mass effect series for like instance i probably wouldn't be as ride or die for rex if i just jumped in in three (laughs) if like i didn't almost shoot him in part one (laughs) that's true that's Um, true so um so um yeah i i like i always tell people if you can please start at mass effect one that's the one game that, that like i like tell people like yo if you can because this game is all about relationships yeah like almost the other stuff is great but like the moments i think about is not blowing up reapers you know what i'm saying yeah um, I, like that's not yeah. really what i think about when i think about what makes mass effect 2 one of my favorite games of all time like yeah. i think about you know like having these conversations making these hard decisions killing ashley because she was a human racist you yo know? Uh, like like that conversation you know. between morden and, and rex about the genophage yes like, i was yes like, i was like oh i was having a conversation with somebody shout out to sterling mcgarvey i was having a we we, we talked about the genophage the other day and how it's weirdly connected to you know race relations and stuff that we see now because it's all they have these like parallels and and, and and stuff like that and it was just like Fuck Morden, yo! Like, like <laughs> Morden's a fuck Morden, man. Like he killed my peoples, man. He killed my peoples, yeah. and I was mad at that. But that stuck with me, right? Like, I stuck with a lot of players where yes. you like you say genophage to people, they know and they have a feeling attached to yeah. that. Yeah, yes, uh, yeah, yeah. And 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 like that's the power of 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 art, like including games, right? Is that yeah. you can attach emotions to these words. Yeah. Um. So um. Yeah. I mean, I, I I wish that people could play those, but I know everybody doesn't have. 60 70 hours to play through those two games i mean they're not yeah. short games you know yeah. even i'm mean, i'm sure there's speed runs or whatever really really people do <laughs> the it buttons and, real fast yeah just, <laughs> um, but but um yeah yeah that's that's like the one series that i would say um 
but but you know I, I think another thing that the article kind of brings up is you know do you, like can you just can you understand and get the same feeling on a game say if you read about what it is as opposed to having to play through and beat it um, no so like for example like if, if like you just jump into Mass Effect 3 or to Dragon Age 3 I think as well they yeah. give you sort of a list of simulated kind of situations where you make choices and then that kind of simulate some of those main like decisions that you made in the earlier game so that you have some background you know mm-hmm. and then of, of course you could like read a wiki or a summary or like all that kind of kind of stuff and i think for some genres that's enough yeah um because you just can't play everything yeah. you know um unless you're like a games like like reviewer and you're getting paid to play the game that's the only time you can actually probably play everything and like even with that like you're playing it in kind of like a very calculated right. efficient way <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like probably doesn't let you get lost or immerse really into into something. Yeah. Um so so um yeah, I mean I I I think you can. Um is it exactly the same? No. Is it no. enough that you'll leave the new game with a higher level of satisfaction? I think so. Yeah, like I think the you know, some of the games that we touched upon, like Mass Effect, I think you do yourself a a disservice if you try to speed run a game like that, you know. Um, and some of those, you know, pre some of those pre done kind of uh, check boxes of like, did you do this? Did you do that? You know, you romanced such and such. Like those things, they lose the the the, the emotion that that went along with the anticipation of being able to do that stuff and make that decision on your own. But I do think that the way that those games are kind of kind of uh, uh, kind of pushed out, or the way that they kind of evolve throughout the, your gameplay time. I think it does give you some way to fast forward your way through some of it. It would be really interesting. And it's funny that you bring this up. And this is the reason why this was such a great um, piece to bring up. It made me really uh, think about the Telltale series of games right now. Because Mm -hmm. there are, when I was moving my systems over from my PS3 to my PS4, there was a in-between gameplay. Oh, there was an in-between game between uh, season one and season two of uh, Walking Dead, mm-hmm. that was five hundred days. Yeah, and there was some I really good, and there was some really good uh, connective tissue pieces that transferred over into into season two. That when I when I moved over from one console to the other, they didn't have that game in there anymore. Oh, okay. So I like there were some actual decision making processes that I had in there that made my characters do a certain thing and had them be very different in, in, in two uh, on that platform. And I wish that they had those check boxes, you know what I mean? Like I would have been able to recreate those scenarios so that I would be able to start at the place that I kind of left off. Um, so I think it depends on the game. I think it depends on, like you said, you know, the scenarios, but I think that the option should kind of be there too. Like I think a lot of people don't think that that should be a thing. Uh, but I, I'm happy that developers have put those kinds of shortcuts in there so that people can fast forward and get to where they want to kind of let their character start with. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's that, that's 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 good stuff. I'm happy that some of that stuff is in there. Okay, good, good. Yeah. Well, that is our last, our final story. Man, that was that was we blazed through it. We we check boxed our way. Blazed. Yeah. Hey, hey! I mean, when 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 there's no Cicero on the show, you know, you just blaze right through. I mean, there's no crazy comments, you know. There's no uh, no no uh, stubnostications out out the blue. You know? It's all good. Word! Oh my goodness! Um, I do yeah. miss you. See. I we miss you, we miss you. We miss you, son. We miss you, son. You'll you'll he'll be back next week. We have a we have a really cool guest coming next week too. So mm-hmm. uh we get ready for that. We'll shout that stuff out on social media. And we hopefully we'll have some other cool announcements and stuff going on uh in the next couple of weeks. But uh until then, uh check us out on Facebook, uh on Twitter, uh at spawn on me, uh at Sharif Jackson, at Stubby Stan, at Kaja Kins. Uh you can check us out on ESN.fm, you can check us out on NPR one. Uh, you can also check us out on iTunes. Please send us a review. Uh, we really love those. Those really make us feel good. And they definitely help us with sharing the show with other people. Uh, this is on YouTube. We will be able to see this on our YouTube channel and our YouTube page. Please subscribe there and shout us out there. 
also on Twitch at Spawn on Me at Sharif Jackson on on no no it's not Sharif Jackson is it, is it on on Twitch mm-hmm. or, no, okay. no no at at Reef Jackson at Reef Jackson because Sharif uh, on, Jackson was, was whole stolen long story was but stolen it, it wasn't stolen but when <laughs> if you care when Justin TV was bought out by Twitch I had oh. Sharif Jackson on Justin TV but I couldn't for some reason I couldn't stream when they bought it. You, what was it? It was something like I couldn't stream with that name, so I had to pick a new name. Oh. It was something th- that like I couldn't do regular Twitch streaming through like XSplit and like through all that stuff that involves like a like a stream key. Like I couldn't do that with my Justin oh. TV account. I'm just gonna blame racism. Or racism. Uh, I'm gonna blame racism. I'm gonna blame Trump. I'm blaming Trump. Okay. Trump's the reason why. You Obviously, do it. I, I I would blame him for that too. I'm blaming him. Um, and definitely check us out on all those places. And again, you know, thank you everybody for coming through every week and listening to the show, all the kind words that you share with us on Twitter and on Facebook and all the social media channels really does make us feel like the work that we do here matters. Um, and we hope that we'll definitely be able to do some more cool stuff with you and the rest of the crew in Chicago mm-hmm. in the future and in the, in the upcoming months, we have a lot of stuff planned. GDC is happening. Uh, hopefully E3 will be happening again this year for us. Mm-hmm. lots of big plans uh, for stuff that we want to involve you in so uh, until then uh, we will say peace and we are up out of here for episode 128 peace, peace.